Father, we thank you for this privilege to be called by your name, to be bearers of your image and to be representatives in the earth. Thank you for ordaining this meeting. It is you we have come to learn from. We ask that you speak to us, teach us by your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. All right, good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Limitless Part 2. I want to, um, first of all, start by saying a big thank you to the leadership of TLN, the Legacy Network for Onma and Tim for the amazing work you guys are doing. Um, I have an idea. I can't claim to know in details what lies ahead of you, but I have an idea. And it's just amazing that you guys are stepping up to accept responsibility. So thank you for having me um, here. And a big thank you to everybody who is here also. And we're just going to enjoy God's words together and um, see what happens from today. Now, based on Limitless Part 1, I thought there might not be need for a Limitless Part 2. You know the way you watch a movie and they kind of tease you into knowing that this is not the end. Um, they, um, especially is it Marvel or which one is it now that if you don't leave after the credits, there's usually something after the credits. Yeah. So, but the session we had with Pastor Mrs. last time, I, I just thought she finished the work. Um, so I'm just going to... Mount Zion fans, I'm just going to attempt to um, kind of paint a freshly painted building and ice and already iced cake. Maybe put a little bit of candles here and there. And um, predominantly, I would leave out time to take questions. And that should be fine. I've been asked to speak on um, the jealousy of heaven. And uh, we'll get into it straight away. I need a couple of volunteers to read my scriptures. Um, so I have how many here? One, two, three, four, five. So I need five volunteers. I have Chair Maka, I have Igweze, two. I need three more volunteers. People are not going to collect cash to read. Okay, I have Osas. Um, I need two more, two more volunteers, two more volunteers. Ashley, all right. And uh, Chair Maka, please, let's share, the, let's share the blessings, please. All right. So I need one more person, if I'm right. Um, one more person. Okay, if we don't have another OFE, okay. Amazing. So, um, Chair Maka, you are going to help us with Exodus chapter 23 verse 25 and 26. I will let you know when it's time to read. Um, please note your scriptures. Igweze, I believe I saw you and next. Igweze, you help us read Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 12. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 12. Um, I think the next stand I saw was, was it Ashley's or, I know I saw Igweze. Who was my number three and? Osas. Osas, I believe it's Osas. Osas, you help us with Nahum. Nahum chapter 1, verse 2. Nahum chapter 1, verse 2. Um, Ashley will help us with Zephaniah. These guys are like, what kind of scriptures? Nahum, Zephaniah. All right, so um, 
asking me their first week. Please let them know where they are, where they can find it, because I don't think they know. Now no, they know. Them. These are these are TLN folks. I mean, TLN folks are solid, so they know. Don't worry. They know where it is. <laughs> Zephaniah three seventeen for Ashley, and then Fee. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16 to verse 19. There's one more scripture, and the last one, I will read that at the end. All right. Um, I want to start this session reading a quote. I'm going to read. Interesting. Okay. Nice, actually. All right. I want to start by reading a quote by a man of God. His name is F.F. Bos Bosworth. Some of you might have heard that name before, so I'm just going to read this quote. And I want you to keep this at the back of your mind throughout this conversation. Here it is. It says, don't doubt God. If you must doubt something, doubt your doubts because they are unreliable. But never doubt God nor his word. I'm going to say it again. Don't doubt God. If you must doubt something, doubt your own doubts because they are unreliable. If, if you want to do a, even if you're not going before time, you're not even doing a thousand years. You just want to do 10 years. If there's anyone who has been wrong between your doubts and God's word or between what God has said and what we've seen, it's typically been our doubts. So I'm going to read it one more time. Don't doubt God. If you must doubt something, doubt your doubts because they are unreliable, but never doubt God nor his word. Um, the reason is because there, there are kind of people who will, there are people who will talk about a, a limitless life. There are people who are going to believe that a limitless life is possible. There are people who are going to struggle with the concept of limitlessness and um, absolute dominion over everything. Um, all sorts of people, they are going to be wonderful Christians who are going to believe that, you know, maybe it's possible. Um, but for those who are going to exemplify in its purest form, that life are those who are going to be able to not just believe God's word, but insist on God's word. So I'm not just going to accept that there's a limitless life. Let me use a very petty example. Please pardon me for being petty. I'm not going to believe that there are first-class cabins in planes. I'm not just going to believe it. Whether I believe it or not, there are first-class flights taking off landing right now. But I'm going to insist that if indeed that life exists, then I am going to experience it as proof that what God said is true. I hope we are following so far now. So I want you to keep that at the back of your mind. I'm going to read it one more time, and then I'm going to give us a quick introduction. We go into the scriptures, and I'll, I, I will get into questions. Don't doubt God. If you must doubt something, doubt your doubts. That little voice telling you it's not possible. Uh, how is TLN going to be different? There are many Christians, more spirit-filled, more firebrand who have tried to take on the mountain of career. You know, they just tried that five years and now they are senior executives living the life. They abandoned God. What's the proof that you won't abandon God? You're going to get married soon when you have kids and you have a wonderful husband 
Are you going to love God? That, that voice, that, and every other thing that is anti-God's word, those are the exact things that you should be calling out, that I should be calling out and stamping a huge credibility stamp of doubt on it. But what God's word says is going to be true, and I'm going to insist on it. Now, as someone who is into linguistics, not necessarily languages, um, when you interact with scriptures, many of us who have been in churches have probably heard about Hebrew, you know, the root word Aramaic, the root word Greek, the root word. And these are very robust languages. And you've probably heard someone say, if not someone, you've probably heard me say that the English language is a very weak language. I mean, some of us, even to our local languages, just doing direct translation, there are a lot of things that have to be watered down for the English language. But as weak as the English language is, I believe, personal opinion, that the most powerful word in the English language is re, R-E. And every word in the English language that begins with re is speaking of a restoration back to a point that used to exist. It does not necessarily mean it is in the past. Now, I, we are going to start speaking at the wavelength of limitlessness now. So I will need everybody to step up very fast. I've switched. All right. I'm talking about going back and I'm saying not necessarily in the past. That's because the domain, the power that makes limitlessness possible has always existed before time. So when you talk about being reborn or being regenerated or being restored or being re re whatever you are you are you are speaking about it means there was an existence there was a civilization that that was the normal so if i am being regenerated there was a time that i was pardon me for lack of a better english word generated where i had genes that dictated my full possibilities but something happened and then there is a need for a regeneration back to a civilization that is not completely new. It was just lost. All right. So don't worry. We're going to take questions and we're going to break this down. And we're going to make this um, very, very um, digestible for each and every one of us. Talking about languages, I want to speak briefly on jealousy. Jealousy does not sound like one of the fruits of the spirit. Um, jealousy does not sound like something that the believer brags about. But God in his word in numerous places identified himself as a jealous God. I want to very quickly differentiate between jealousy and envy. You are typically envious of something, but jealous over someone. Envious of something, jealous over someone. So when we begin to discuss jealousy, it is practically impossible to have a conversation about jealousy without using over. It has to be over someone. And the moment jealousy begins to set in, there is something that sets in before jealousy sets in. And that thing is love. 
please, I want you to remember this. Love is the basis for jealousy. If it's the God kind of jealousy, it definitely must be the God kind of love. So God is jealous over me. God is jealous over you. Now, I know they will say, PD, let the singles breathe. All right. Um, however, if you've ever been in love, all right, you will discover that there is a set of emotions that you've not explored that are reserved for defense of the one you love. So for instance, I believe, I believe, some of you might agree, I believe I'm a gentleman. I believe I am spirit-filled. I believe I am God-fearing. I believe I am born again. You know, I believe I am civilized. I believe all of these beliefs, I believe. However, I cannot guarantee my level of civilization if anyone or anything attempts to come near my wife. I can lose my civil civili civility. Heesh, French. Pardon mm, my... Mm, mm, Bidi, mm. I understand. Right on, Pastor. Right on. I can lose my civility because I am jealous over the one I love. Guys, focus. This is why I didn't want to use because you guys will start getting into <laughs> Please focus. So you can only execute jealousy over the one you love. I want you to keep that at the back of your mind as you go into the scriptures and it's securing the jealousy of heaven. Securing the jealousy of heaven. All right. So let's go to Exodus 23, verse 25 and 26. It's an interesting verse. I know you know it but I want us to shine a light on a phrase in 26. All right, so let's get into it. Chair Mark, I believe, is my first Bible yes, reader. Hi, everyone. Okay, Exodus 23, verses 25 and 26. It says, and I'm reading from the New King James Version. So you shall serve the Lord your God, and he will bless your bread and your water, and I will take sickness away from the midst of you. 26, no one shall suffer miscarriage or be barren in your land. I will fulfill the number of your days. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Thank you for that. Now, you can see an interplay here of parties in love. You will do this. I will do this. Then I will do this. This will never happen. All right. Those are languages of commitments. All right. And the key that I want you to hold on to is I will fulfill the number of your days. Now, I want you to look at it this way. There is the number of your days. However, the guarantee that the number of your days will be fulfilled will depend on securing the jealousy of heaven. I'm going to say that again. So let's say that the number of your days are 120 years. Remember, God is not a quantitative God. Those 120 years are not first 20 years of confusion, next 10 years of being lost, another 20 years of being in an abusive marriage, then another 10 years of being confused career-wise, another five years of being broke, then you suddenly discover that Jesus loves you, you are now in a senior's home, you know, wheelchair, 
medications, you just stumble to 120. Like at least I, I give that is not fulfilling the number of your years. That is just counting out, not fulfilling. Fulfilling there is about the qualitative expression of the quantity that was allotted for you. And God is saying, I will fulfill. I will ensure that if the number of your days are 120 years, there are 120 rich years of you loving me and me demonstrating my glory through your life. So there is a person who is responsible for fulfilling the number of your days. Now, the question is, what if the number of your days are not fulfilled? This is where I want us to begin to pay attention. The jealousy of heaven is not promised to everyone. The love of God is promised to everyone. All the scriptures written out. Sure. So let me, I, I, will, I will repeat them as we go so that someone can help us track it in the comments. The one we just read is Exodus 23, verse 25 to verse 26. Um, and the next one will be Jeremiah 1, verse 12. We'll come to that next. So God is saying, I will fulfill the number of your days. It means that there are things written concerning you everything regarding to your destiny, everything regarding to your call, everything regard, regarding your influence and you demonstrating the life of God, they, there is a fulfillment officer that is responsible for it. And God is saying that I am the one who will fulfill it. Meaning that if you attempt to or find a way to do life outside of me, there is no guarantee for fulfillment. Now, this is big. This is now raising questions now. Someone is saying, PD, is it possible for someone to be born again and not secure this investment of heaven? This, this all-out resources, like, we will go all out for this person. We will, we will like, if it, if it means stopping, stopping the sun, the moon. For this one, someone else, they'll be fine. They'll be all right. Now, let me, let me chip this in very quickly. As far as our existence in the earth is concerned, if we were not in the earth, we will not need to have a conversation about limitlessness. Because in his presence, where we shall very soon return to, there are no limits. This conversation of limitlessness is only needed on this side. There are many people who their 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 small-mindedness and their Earthly limitations leaves them comfortable with the fact that they are going to make heaven. Um, if that is your thinking and that is your frame of mind, one of two things will need to happen to you today is that you will open your heart to receive God's word and believe that if the goal was heaven, like a government pulling out an agent from a <laughs> from a dangerous war front, you would have been pulled out. And there are people that will be pulled out, people who are, who are no longer contributing to, to the agenda of the deploying kingdom, they can be pulled out at any time. However, there are those who know that even if I wanted to leave, I can't leave. You know, it was Paul who was writing to the Philippians and he told them, he says, I've considered going, I've considered staying. Can you imagine a man speaking like that? I have considered going, I've considered staying. I've thought about it. I figured that it is more beneficial for you that I remain. So I am choosing to remain. That sounds like the words of a man that death, death, death 
is under his feet. Now, death is, be, is busy bullying other people. But there are some other people that death, death is powerless in their presence because they have unlocked the powers of the worlds to come. And they have, they have the confidence that I'm not done here. I'm not done yet. There is no sickness, no accident. There's no verdict. There's no economic reality. There's no recession that can change that. I am furnished by another government. I am sponsored by another government. And because of his jealousy over me and my own commitments to the agenda of that kingdom, nothing has changed. The, the last briefing we had, the message was go, spread, multiply, have dominion. That injunction has not changed. However, for those who are just comfortable with the fact that heaven is, heaven is guaranteed for me, I don't have to do anything for the kingdom that sent me and kept me here. People like that are permitted to be redrawn, to be redrawn especially as we approach the end times. The end times are for those who have accepted that there is work to do for his majesty. So he says, I will fulfill the number of your days. Not just the, you wake up sleep, not sleep-wake cycles, but the essence of your creation, the reason for your uniqueness of the 8 billion persons on the surface of the earth. God, why am I even here? Do you need another son? Do you need another daughter? Do you need someone else to sing? Do you need someone else to preach? What is my uniqueness? What, what do I add to the 8 billion people, majority of which do not even rate you or believe in your existence? What is my contribution? It's very easy for us to get lost in the crowd. But those of us who have found him, we will discover that it, it's the, this jealousy of heaven makes you feel like you are a billion persons. And you, you feel like 8 billion people in one because there's so much consciousness of your existence that you carry. I need to move faster now. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 12. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 12. I think that's Igweze. Is that Igweze? And it's... Yes, it is. Okay. Do you want to read for us? Or... Yes, I will. Okay. Um, then the Lord said to me, you have sinned well, for I am watching over my word to perform it. All right. What, what version is this? Um, Sorry. Sorry, sorry. I need to check. It's okay. It's okay. Take your time. Take your time. So, and for future readers, please help us announce the version you're reading. So it's from the Amplified Bible. All right. Interesting. No parentheses and no brackets. All right. It says, you have seen well, for I am watching over my word. Now, listen. Guys, I want you to follow, please. I know will have questions and by god's grace there'll be answers i want you to follow there are certain entities i don't want to say things and i don't want to say persons even though i will say persons but i'm choosing to say entities that already have the sworn secured guarantee of god's jealousy one of it is god's word god says that unless i didn't say it if i've said it I am watching over my word. That watching over, it's it's almost as though I am patrolling my word. I am I am bodyguarding my word. Pardon my my attempt to explain this in understandable English. I am like my word is so precious and so much of treasure that all of my resources are guarding it and securing it. 
it means it means that for anyone who is going to live life on this lane, you are going to have to be friends with the guarded word. Don't worry, we'll tie it up. We'll tie it up. We'll tie it up shortly. Let's go to scripture number three. Scripture number three. Yes, everyone. Hi. NLT, um, Nahum, uh, one verse is two. The yes. Lord is a jealous God, filled with vengeance and rage. He takes revenge on all who oppose him and continues to rage against his enemies. All right. Thank you, Osas. Now, what we are seeing there is that Oh, okay, it's fine, it's fine. Typically, Amplified is long with parentheses, so I suspected that it was another version. Thank you for clarifying for us. All right, thank you, Osas, for reading that verse. God is saying, I, I just picked one of many, where God is saying, I am jealous. Now, that jealousy is over my own, and there is a consequence of vengeance to anyone who poses themselves as a threat to my agenda. Now, I know there are more questions coming up. That's absolutely fine. You know, Saul, who later became Apostle Paul, believed that he was doing God's will by killing Christians. He was so sure. It's the same way there are many who belong to certain religions today that they believe that they are fighting for God and they are doing God a favor by being who they are and doing what they are doing. So Saul was on that mission to do further havoc when he met with Jesus. And Jesus said to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? He didn't say, why are you persecuting my church? Jesus considered himself to be one with his bride, one with his church. All right. I hope you're still with me. So the jealousy of God is over the one with whom God is one. And the consequence is that there is guaranteed and promised vengeance for your enemies. Now, these are realities that change the way you think. This is the kind of thing that you see an army at your door. You know, I already pitying that army because you know that there is another army that is deployed to jealously and vengefully guard you. So the person who sees an external threat and enters into fear is someone who is not conscious of the fact that they have the jealousy of a government and the security of that government, not just like chilled, oh, guys, go away, guys, go away. It's with vengeance and with rage. The NLT version that Osas read for us, with vengeance and with rage, I'm going to deal with those who deal with you. You have become the apple of my eyes. If anyone tries to touch you, they have to get to me first. Now, these are the revelations that sit pretty, sit well, They've, they've settled in the consciousness of those who understand that they are on assignment and they have everyone's jealousy. Okay. Zephaniah chapter 3 and verse 17. Um, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. All right. uh, for the Lord your God is living among you. He is a mighty savior. He will take delight in you with gladness. With his love, he will calm all your fears. He will rejoice over you with joyful songs. All right. Thank you so much, Ashley. So can you see, I hope this picture is forming well. God's jealousy is over me. That jealousy has two sides. There is a rejoicing over. There is a guarantee of protection. There is a guarantee of fulfillment of my days. 
there's a guarantee of clarity. There's a guarantee of knowing my purpose. There's a guarantee of leveraging the resources of the powers of the world to come on this side. But there's also a guarantee of vengeance and rage for anyone who is against that agenda. All right. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 3. And then I'll mention a few points and we'll go into questions because I believe that really is my work this afternoon. Um, Fee? Yeah, hi everyone. So Ephesians 3 verse 16, I pray that God will cause you to be strong in your spirit. Easy translation, by the way. Okay. God has great and valuable things in heaven to help you. I pray that God's spirit will help you with God's own power. And I was supposed to read till 19, right? Yes, please. I pray that Christ will make his home in you as you believe in him. Then you will know God's love very well. You will be like trees that have roots which go deep into God's down deep into God's love. That will make you strong. Then you will understand with all God's people how much Christ loves us. That love is very wide and long and high and deep. Christ's love for us is so great that nobody can ever completely know it. Hmm. As you understand this more and more. God's own nature will completely fill you. Mm. Amen. Fee, sorry, can you read that last line again? As, As you, understand you understand, yes. More and more, God's own nature will completely fill you. Wow, thank you. You know, um, I need to tie it up now and just round up. But this is this is profound. It says that the love God has for us is matchless, endless. It says nobody can really fully, you cannot fully grasp it. Now, even though you cannot fully grasp it, it now invites you. All right. It now invites you. Please let me know how many more minutes so that we can have good time for questions. I'm talking to admin, not to everybody. It says you cannot fully grasp it, but you have been invited to explore it. That exploration of the love in response to being loved is what secures heaven's, okay, okay, is what secures heaven's jealousy. Admin, sorry, I'm talking to admin as I'm talking to everyone. Does this include Q&A so that I can share the time I have left well? Sorry, guys, I'm, I'm chatting aloud so that I can use the time I have left well. Oh, amazing. Oh, thank you. Thank you. This is good. All right. Perfect. Thank you for this clarity. All right. Okay. So, guys, let, let's go back to Ephesians 3, 16 to 19. This thing is endless. It's, 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 it's limitless. Let's use our word. It says, but you've been invited to begin to attempt to understand it. Now, I'm going to suggest something potentially very powerful to us. You are going to sleep on it. You are going to wake up with it tomorrow. And you are going to sleep on it again. I am going to wake up on it. The strongest force in the world is the love of God. We deploy it by our understanding of our love for God. Let me give us a quick practical illustration. So um, 
Jesus is approaching the final season of his ministry and he's speaking in parables. A corn of wheat is going to die. A, 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 a this is going to go um, just like Jonah in the belly of the sea, um, the son of man. Jesus is just speaking. And all these disciples were like, hey, Jesus, we don't want to hear it. You're not going anywhere. You, you, you can't go. Peter was very vocal. He says, no, Jesus, you, you are not, nothing is going to happen to you. Jesus had to rebuke him. Peter said, no, no, I'm not, not on my watch. Well, Jesus said, wow, Peter, not on your watch. You are going to deny me. Not once, not twice, three solid times. And to let you know that I know when you are done, the cock is going to crow and you are going to remember. Of course, I believe everybody listening to me knows that story. Peter indeed denied Jesus and he broke him. It was later when Jesus' post-resurrection would appear. Jesus didn't bring up that conversation of Peter. Didn't I tell you? I warned you. I warned you. You were just doing your shoulder, doing your chest, anyhow, saying that nothing will happen to me. Come on, are you not one of these disciples? You, you changed accent. I never seen that man before. Peter, me, you did not like Peter. Can I entrust the church to you? I know I told you that upon this rock, you know, upon this revelation, you know, but Peter, I'm, I'm now suspecting you. I think we need a plan B. God's plan A, God's plan B, God's plan C is the love of God. Anyone who will respond to that love can defeat anything. I know you, are, you, I know you guys are not really hearing what I'm saying, so I'm going to say it slower. Do you love me more than this? That was the only question Jesus had for Peter until it brought him into tears. I am telling you that the struggles in your life today are proof of the things you still love more than God. And we cannot discuss jealousy without discussing love. Everything you are struggling with, if it is an addiction, you love it more than you love God. It's a tough reality and it's brought Peter to tears. Do you love me more than this? More than what? More than this? More than everything? Do you love me more than social media? Do you love me more than that feeling, that pleasure, that fleeting pleasure you derive from that addiction? Do you love me more than career progression? Do you love me more than acceptance, social acceptance? Do you love me more than, more than church? Do you love me more than anointing? More than miracle services? Do you love me more than sleep? <laughs> Do you love me more than boyfriends? Do you love me more than wife? I remember a time in my life where my weakness was my love for my wife. And I'm saying this with caution because I have discovered that the devil will take anything you give to him. He will take anything, including what is good. What was in Peter's heart looked good. It was affection for Jesus. Jesus, you can't die. We've given all to follow you. Jesus, it, it was that, that good intention that the enemy manipulated. And I'm saying sometimes the enemy of you being the one to whom everyone is jealous over is that good intention in your heart. It was the Holy Spirit that called it out to me. Said there's a weak point there. And I said, God, I can't love her more than you love her. So I, I am making a decision practically to love you more. The, the weight lifted. The weight lifted. Anything you are struggling with today, it is because you have found a way to love that thing more than you love God. More than you love God. See, love is more powerful than death. 
Love is more powerful than shame. Many people will stop doing some things if they are ashamed. You know, you just come to a service. Let's say you come to Royal's impartation service, or you just show up to let God arise. And as you just show up, the man or woman of God ministering under the anointing says, you come here, you have four boyfriends. You are sleeping with three of them. God says, stop today or you die. You'll be shocked that in the midst of all of that shame, the person will find the strength that, oh my goodness, my secrets have leaked out. But God's love is more powerful than shame because that shame, that shame, it will not bring victory. It will only power temporary pause. So you will stop that thing for six months, one year. But I'm saying that the only force that powers trans earth into eternity is the force of love. I love him. He loves me. I, I always share this story when I talk about this. Growing up as a young boy, I would wake up in the middle of the night and hear my mother praying, praying by name, calling her children, name by name. For some strange reason, I'll wake up when she's calling my name. Now, I don't know if I was the only child she was praying for. I'll just wake up at the exact time she's calling my name. All right. And she will make a list of things that the spirit of God should help me not to get involved in. And then that's back end. When I'm now in the front end, as a young teenager in high school, about to get involved in the same things I heard my mother pray about. There are two ways not to do that same thing. One is, oh my goodness, mommy will find out. There are going to be consequences. There will be repercussions. That is the power of fear. But there is another level where perfect love casts out fear. Where it is not, mommy might never find out. Mommy might never know. There might actually be no consequence or repercussion, but I have to be a terrible child to know that the time when other mothers and parents were sleeping, my own mother stayed awake and I am about to, by an act of my own very will, deliberately get involved in the things she prayed about. That's not disobedience. That is wickedness. So I will choose not to do it because I love her and I love the sacrifice she's made. That's exactly what Paul was saying in Romans 12 verse 1. And verse 2, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies. He's not asking you for something he has not earned. He's giving himself for you. Do you love me more than this? Do you love me more than pleasure? Do you love me more than the dopamine rush? Do you love me more than front page of the magazines? Do you love me? Because when you do and you secure my jealousy, guess who is going to be on the front page? Guess who I'm going to lavish with that life? The exact same things we are chasing after, we are designed to chase after us. But love will have us go for one. All right, there's probably some things to ponder on and to soak in. There are five things in my notes here that I'm led to share with us about those who will unlock the jealousy of heaven. Number one is that these ones have discovered love by obedience love by obedience that means they understand that the way i respond to this love of god as i grow in my understanding of it is by obedience not by by um there's this movie sorry guys i'm not using mount zion movies um there's this movie about this guy who had i think the guy had multiple personality it was celebrated in his community we'll go for awards but it was a serial killer or something like that kind of mixing stuff up now um, Mr. Brooks or something like that. I don't know. I, I know you guys are Mount Zion people, but there is, there is public display of affection 
which does not really count much in the realm of the spirit unless there is a private consistency of obedience. I'm going to say that again. It means that if, if, if I'm sorry I'm using my wife a lot in this teaching, but if our house is a war zone, a terror zone where there's contempt and, and then we just come outside and we smile for the gram, you know, relationship goals. That's PDA that is not, PDA is public display of affection, that is not sustained by a private life of, 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 of obedience. So there are many believers who it's Sunday morning with tears. Oh God, oh God. Oh, it's December now. Think about January, February, ah, April, I had an accident. You know, there's a lot of public affection, but in their private innermost corners, there are no, no diaries, no journals of obediences. Pardon my French. True love, true love is obedience. If you love me, you will do my commandments. That's, Jesus didn't say you will sing me a love song. I, your love song is nice. You write me a poem. That's amazing. You should do all those things in addition to proving the love, which is obedience. These are the ones that even imagine that a whole city is about to be destroyed and God considers it important to have a conversation with a man and says, I won't do this without discussing first with my friend. There are people in the earth that God is discussing 2024 with, 2025, while some people are scrolling away, scrolling away. And God is saying, I'm looking for a track record of obedience because I have demonstrated my love. I have lavished it, but very few are responding back to that love by obedience, by their consecrations. So number one, they unlock that love by obedience. Number two is that they detest the comfort zone. I was listening to, so KICC is in a season of fasting and prayers. And part of what I am doing as part of my spiritual exercise this month is going back to previous IGOC sermons from 2021. Our, our theme for December in KICC is Extraordinary Results. Interestingly, the theme for IGOC 2021 was is extraordinary works. I was listening to one of the speakers and she said something. Have I even said number two? Number one, unlock love by obedience. Number two is detest the comfort zone. People who are conscious of heaven's jealousy, they don't do comfort zone. That means everybody's clapping for them but they are literally downloading from heaven what's next on the agenda. Because the, 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 the mandate is that the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign. And the last I checked, thank God Toronto is on fire. Thank God Canada is on fire for Jesus. But the last I checked, there are still people who have not been reached. I start clapping for myself that I am done. So people who have heaven's jealousy, they don't do comfort zone. And this is the quote I picked from that sermon by, she said, the comfort zone is the place where dreams and visions go to die. The thing jumped at me. The comfort zone is the place where dreams and visions go to die. So when people are clapping for you, you are the best person since sliced bread. Your voice is like a nightingale. That book you wrote, your first book, is already New York Times bestseller. My goodness, TLN is already being recognized by the federal government and 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 already getting all of these awards. Phenomenal. We've blown. There is no blown mentality to the one who has the jealousy of heaven. 
because you are you are really a kingdom representative. You're an agent. I want everybody to remember this. The comfort zone is the place where your dreams and your visions go to die, irrespective of how much you've done and you've achieved. Those of us, and I believe you are part of that group, who have secured everyone's jealousy, we detest the comfort zone. We don't even, we don't even, we don't, we don't, we don't sniff it. We don't, we don't go near it. Number three, for those who are going to secure everyone's jealousy, we think transgenerational. Think transgenerational. There is something God is doing with me, but goes beyond me. There is something God is continuing. Now, this is this is this is powerful. There are certain things that are starting with you, and there are certain things that are continuing with you. If you believe everything is starting with you, you are going to significantly cut out the amount of work that has been preloaded for you to springboard from. This is where the humility to listen to messages, the humility to listen to books, books written by those who have gone before, all right? There is something there for me. There is a message there for me. This arrogance of if it's important, the Holy Spirit will tell me. The Holy Spirit will lead you. God does not do lazy. The Holy Spirit will lead you. Read that book. Listen to that sermon. Over the next five days, we are studying Ephesians. All right, put that message on repeat. Instructions will come. Remember, true love is obedience. So think transgenerational. There is something that has started that I am entering into and I will further it. And there is something that God will start with me and through me that will spread across generations. Look, look at the patriarchs that we, 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 we honor today, that God started stuff in and through them. Some of them, some of them were, were big. Some of them were not big. <laughs> um, I, I was reading a book recently where the author said that Martin, Martin Luther King Jr., the reverend, not, um, not um, Martin Luther of the Protestant Reformation. It was, it, they said the, 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 okay, so the author of the book was asked, I'm trying to remember what book now. This was recent, I should remember. Said that, how do I, oh, I remember now, I remember. It says, how do I, how am I sure I am maximizing God's grace on my life, considering I do not pastor a mega church? That was the question. So this younger minister was asking the pastor of a mega church. And the pastor of the mega church said, there are very few ministers in the history of the United States whose legacy and impact will trump what was done through Martin Luther King Jr. Many don't know he was, he was a reverend in a church. And it was said that his church across its highest moments never passed 300 people. And, and, it's, and, and the pastor said, those of us who have thousands flocking in our churches, what impact are we living in our world? What will generations unborn remember us for that God did in the earth through us? When, when you study the story of, 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 of Abraham, you will see that it would seem as though that journey from, from, from Ur of the Chaldees to Canaan started with Terah. Abraham's father, but the guy died on the way in Aaron. And Abraham, his son, 
will ensure that he starts that journey and is the one that gets to the point of a covenant brokerage. And that same thing will continue with Isaac. It will continue with, 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 with Jacob. It will continue with the tribes. It will find its ultimate fulfillment in the promise of the Christ. And that all of us, by engrafting, will become a part of that commonwealth in Christ Jesus. So number one, you unlock love by obedience. Number two, we detest the comfort zone. Number three, we think transgenerational. Is the God of Abraham? Yes. Is the God of Isaac? Yes. Is the God of Jacob? Yes. Um, if you believe God will move the way he's always moved, you will miss him. If you believe what God will do in the next 10 years will look like what he did in the last 10 years, you might miss. There's been a lot of prophecies about an end time revival. Very accurate. If you think it's going to look like the previous revivals, you will miss it. I believe part of what God is doing with TLN is, is playing a key role in the marketplace as a, as, as a manifestation of that same revival fire of men and women who seem to be exceptional in their career, but they understand that they are leveraging the powers of the world to come, bringing insights. Number four. These individuals jealously guard their secret place. You know, this is a big temptation for, for those of us who are about to get very busy. And some of you remember today, oh, PD said it. Very soon, you are going to be extremely busy. I remember this was two years, it was during the pandemic. At the time when PD was just preaching to cameras, people were not allowed to come into the room. Shout out to our production team guys who had to you know, be with me and man the cameras. At the time when I was preaching to cameras and just looking there and speaking to a virtual audience, a friend of mine who sits in the prophetic office called me one day. I said, PD, please spend a lot of time with your wife or your children. I'm like, okay, I will spend a lot of time. And he said, he said, PD, you're about to get very busy. I said, what do you mean by get very busy? He said, don't worry, you just go write it down. He said, there, there are some things that everyone has already signed and sealed. So I just noted, I'll go and tell my wife. My wife is the scribe of prophecies. So I just mentioned it to her. And then, um, was it last week or two weeks ago? I was just having a chat with my wife. I said, since August or September, there's been no weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, that we've spent together completely as a family, me, my wife, and the girls, completely Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I was like, since August, September, my wife said, are you kidding? Since July, I was like, oh my, since July, every day, there is none. Now, I am saying this now, and I don't believe I am doing a tenth of the things that I should be doing. I don't believe it yet. If I don't learn, and if you don't learn, now I'm talking to you now, if you don't learn to jealously guard the secret place, that thing that the world is chasing you for, that they want. Oh, if, if, if Osas is here, the Spirit of God will break out, it's solved. If, if Amadi shows up, it's, it's cured. If Chiamaka is here now, forget it. The moment for he is here, insight from heaven. That thing that the world is chasing after, ensure it is not the same reason why you are not spending time getting the current urgencies the current mandates from your sponsor government because this i am i am showing his glory my world has a tendency for you to disconnect you are now in the in the glory lane but disconnected 
these persons will jealously guard their secret place. If it means turning down invitations, if it means doing odd hours, if it means taking sabbaticals, if it means shutting down like Jesus sometimes did, he went to a deserted place and he prayed. If you are not spending time with the Father, there is no jealousy. Just, just forget, forget it. Someone is like, but PD, I've not been, secret place has not been fine, but you know, things are still thinning. Yeah, they will, because God is merciful. And as I always say, don't convert the long rope of mercy into the tool for tying your own neck. The reason why that rope is, is long is because God is long suffering. And some of us is already knocking on our doors. Are you getting too busy for me? Is my blessing in your life the reason why we don't have the quality of the moments we used to enjoy? I remember when you were seeking for that job. You will do two hours. You will do one hour worship. You will do giant challenge. But now you are the talk of town. You have you you sit on the board of ten companies. You know TLN is now internationally recognized. Foreign governments asking what is the model you have used to to provoke entrepreneurship and a leadership culture in the nation of Canada. Can we copy it and reproduce it? Now you're having meetings with the pre presidents of countries, prime ministers, and they're looking at how to reproduce this model. And God is saying, what happened to our moments? Remember, if there's no love, there's no jealousy. Finally, oh, that's it. That's it. So number one, you unlock love by obedience. Number two, we detest the comfort zone. Number three, we think transgenerational. And number four, we jealously guard the secret place. The last line in my notes that I counted as number five was the statement I read out to us that the comfort zone is the place where dreams and visions go to die. And I just want to pray for everyone on that. One prayer. I have just one prayer. That you will love him more than this. Now, your this will be different from my this. Um, but you will love him more than this. The moment you do, um, the security detail around you, and you will know it. You will know when the security detail around you changes. Don't get me wrong. You are a child of God. And there is already everyone's investment on you. But that investment is more concerned about your eternal destiny, not necessarily your work on earth. The work on earth is for those who have accepted responsibility that they are representatives. Some people say, why, why is it that Christians die? Of, why do some Christians die of sickness when God has promised healing? When they die, guess where they, they are with Jesus. It's a win-win. But is it really a win-win if their work in the earth was not done? Is it really a win-win? There are those I believe, and I say this jokingly, they show up in heaven, and Gabriel is just joking and saying, why are you here? Your room is not your room is not ready yet. Room service is still, you know, preparing like, like what, what date is it? And I want to pray for everyone under the sound of my voice that none of us will leave before our times. None of us will stop before our time because it's another thing to leave. It's another thing to stop and to begin to run the agenda of a foreign government that that will not be us. But that over each and every one of us, the jealousy of heaven, as we accept that responsibility to collaborate with God in the spheres he has planted us, to let everyone know, God, you have a person here. Don't, don't allow God beat his chest. We have someone. We have someone at T of T. 
if every if everybody is compromised, we have someone. And the someone that everyone is bragging about, one angel will just open one screen and say, God, come and watch. Look at the look at the person we are bragging about. They don't love you yet more than this. I want to pray for those who the, the devil has a way of weaponizing guilt. For as many who are struggling with flimsy addictions, things that that stand as a wall every time this secret place, this love being is talking about, this thing that just makes you feel like you can't talk to God, he doesn't want to see your face. It's a lie from the pit of hell. The one person you should talk to is God. He's going to shed his, bro his love abroad in your heart and he's going to empower you by his spirit. You, you will see that this, this powers of the world is real. Victory is real. The same thing that looks like it has you neck deep. You just discovered that you just, we are so victorious, you detest it. There was one of the testimonies we had from Birmingham when I, I went with my wife um, to Birmingham for perspectives for singles. You know, a lot of people who showed up thought they were just coming to hear about boyfriend, girlfriend. It was a powerful service. One of the highlights, I don't know for my wife, but for me this year was just that obedience that, that made Birmingham happen. And there was this lady who was already struggling with uh, so much was going on in her life. Some of you saw that testimony. I'm saying that the powers of the world to come circumvent human timelines. What should take 10 months? What should be a gradual? It, it dies. It can die instantly. There is something called the axe being laid at the root. All right. So for as many of you that the challenge with your secret place is the guilt from that thing you've been struggling with. I pray for you that the Spirit of God will enable you to love him more than this. And you will literally sense his presence with you. And you will discover that the compromise is not worth it. Not only is the compromise not worth it, but the flip side is true. The glory that your world must see is, is I don't have English again, is worth it. Is, 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 is like it makes no sense that this is what I have missed out on because of this. Like, make it make sense. It takes only an expert deceiver, thief, to make that kind of trade. All right. I hope this has been useful for someone. Um, and um, I hope someone has been blessed by this. I don't know if I'm to hand over the mic first to Piums before we take questions, or we just dive straight into questions. Or we can go straight into questions. All right. Um, before we go into questions, I, I, I just feel led to pray in this moment. Father, thank you because we have not heard the thoughts of a man or the ideas of a person. We believe it is you who have spoken to us. Thank you for what happens after today. Thank you for those who are going to make decisions today, those who are going to watch this in the future. And in this moment, hearing my voice, they are going to discover that they are victorious. They have the powers of the world to come available. They have the spirit of God on their inside. Father, I ask for each and every one of us that the glory that lies ahead of us will be so vivid that no compromise today will be worth it. Thank you for an invitation to a richer experience in the secret place, to enjoy this love walk with you. This and more we are grateful for. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. And amen. All right, the floor is open for questions. My goodness, 29 comments. Let me see if we have questions there. Do we have questions? Do you have any questions in the chat? 
Or if you have any questions, just raise your hand. And if you don't have any questions too, I mean, it means PD did a good job and you understood everything. But I believe there are questions. I was told that there will be questions. So, all right. What if you didn't grow up with love and are now struggling to accept God's love? This is a very good question. If you did not grow up with the human representation of love, typically in the setting of, uh, of a family um, where love is deliberately shown. Now, part of what you begin to understand when you accept responsibility for limitlessness, and the reason why I use that is because God will not force it on any one of us. God's love is unconditional. God is not loving you because you will choose to live a limitless life for his glory. No. So I don't want us to mix that up. God is loving you as a choice of, the scripture says that while we were yet sinners, so there, there was hope that it could have been a waste, but God took the bet because of love, all right? So that love is not conditional. It's an unconditional love. However, that choosing to live a life for his glory is a responsibility we say yes to. It's the, it's the yes of a, of, of a bond servant, one who has taken our time to ponder on the price that was paid for them and out of gratitude says, no, no, no. There is no other life than to live for you. I'm reminded of that song by Johnson that says, no life outside you, no one besides you. Let me know you more and more for when I know you, then I find me. Just one passion, one purpose to know you more and more for when I know you, I find me. You know, it's a powerful, powerful thought, extremely powerful thought. Now, whenever God's design is not realized in the context of a physical family, God produces, let me tell you, God, God made us spirit, soul, and body. You have feelings. I have feelings. We are, we are designed to be nurtured in a certain way. And when there are those gaps, the enemy tries to maximize them. Whatever is lacking in your physical upbringing, God compensates and exceeds for in your spiritual family. What that means is that if there's anyone who has not experienced that love, either you've not seen it or it's not been shown to you or your language has not been spoken, you, 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 you find that love as God plugs you into a spiritual family. You, you might feel like my dad never loved me, but God plants you in a spiritual home where you know that, assuming your pastor is a man, this pastor loves me. If, if, if I need kidney right now, if I need kidney and my pastor has to, I know he's going to pray, but if, if they tell him it's a match, I know he can give his kidney for me. I know I am loved. It might not be from my physical home, but God has provided that love from my spiritual home. God, for those of us that did not have parents that exemplified that to us, God now begins to fill in that gaps by planting us in families where that love is now met by people living. You will not need it in Jesus' name. That's my answer to that. But if you, if you needed it and we were a match, it's a no-brainer. PD has limitless life. As as they are taking out one kidney, I'll go for the scan two weeks later and, and the doctors will find two kidneys. So <laughs> they'll find it back there. So that, that's it. That's a no-brainer at all. 
All right. But on a more serious note, on a more serious note, um, my wife, let me use my wife as an example. Again, my wife's upbringing was interesting. Her parents are still alive, amazing people by all standards, but they were not the most perfect parents. And she grew up in, in, in the kind of environment that was emotionally toxic, for lack of a better word. Very interesting. And that's not too strange for a lot of African parental backgrounds. Many of you can identify with that. Many of us didn't grow up seeing daddy tell mommy, oh, I love you, mm, hugging, kisses. We didn't like that was like ew in a lot of our homes, you know? So, um, but she has experienced thorough healing. There's nobody who will see my wife today and will suspect that she was not a loved child. But she was not. <laughs> so that's the transformative, transformative power of the spirit of God. God will never allow our past to be our limitation. No, there's something he can do to you today. There is a place he can plant you today. There's a supply of his resources he can give to you today that will not only make up for that, but will now get you into a place that you are so healed, you are so whole, that something about you will connect with people who have a similar past and you will become their, their, their breath of life. You'll become their, their proof of hope that no, no. Me, I, I thought mine was the worst. Just hearing about this person's story, I think I should be, <laughs> should be grateful that it was not that bad. And looking at what God has made of this person, there's hope in my future. All right. So the it's real. The challenges of our past, very real. All right. But God is a complete restorer. He's a complete healer. I hope that helps. Any feedback? I hope that helps. Was that for you or Chiamaka? Oh, yeah, it did. Thank you, PD. All right, you're welcome. And uh, we have another question. It says, IPD had mentioned that we, the things we struggle with is a result of us loving that thing more than God. But what happens when you sense that the struggle is, as scripture says, it is the glory of God to conceal, to conceal a matter and the honor of kings, it is to search it out. So you are actively seeking the mystery behind the things going on in your life. Where does where does us loving God more fit in, please? All right, so there are two struggles here that I want us to delineate. And interestingly, at the Royal Service, we are starting a conversation on navigating adversity. Um, there are the secret things. Let me, let me quote that scripture. It is the glory of God to conceal a matter. Um, the concealment is not an hiding from you, but an hiding or a hiding, English cheese, man, hiding for you. So it is treasure, treasure that is hidden, not so that you don't find it, but so that you are the only one, if it's for you, you are the only one who finds it. All right. Now, in terms of the other struggles, I speak expressly of those struggles that are injuring us in our journey of intimacy, not the struggles or the yearnings for discovery. So it's important, thank you for bringing this question so that we can draw that line. They are the struggles of the things that hamper intimacy. Um, there, is, there is what, um, um, what um, 
the 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 scriptures called the cares of life so for instance you desire to spend time with god the only issue is that you work multiple shifts so you cannot you you want your prayer time to be rich and quality but you can only do 15 minutes based on current circumstances all right and and there is that desire there or or it's an maybe an addiction there is a there's a addiction to nicotine or alcohol or sexual addiction which is prominent in our world today all right and you know that that thing is is ampering something when you love god more than it you unlock victory however in terms of the invitation to discovery it's like a teasing where you yearn for more and then it's you are now cleared there's a clearance for this level of confidentiality and then you go deeper and then there's a clearance for a deeper level of confidentiality all right god saying that will i do anything without revealing it first to my prophets will i really do this without telling my friend abraham yeah he could have done it and there are so many things happening in the world that the people who are supposed to know were not there when the meeting was when the meeting was called and they did not show up so there is the honor of kings to search out things that searching searching out is an invitation to unveil but the struggle i speak of are certain either their behaviors attitudes patterns or 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 challenges all right that 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 choke our journey of intimacy i heard the man of god say it beautifully and i'll just wrap up this question with that it was referring to the parable of the sower and the thorns you know the thorns and the things that Look, the worries of life, they are valid. They are very, very valid. If you are worried, they are very valid. All right. And he says that, but what was the nature of the crown that they put on Jesus? They put on Jesus the crown of thorns. It means that the exact same things that should choke you, the exact same worries, you are supposed to hand them to Jesus. Let Jesus wear it. Your worrying, your, 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 your sleeplessness, this anxiety makes you feel responsible. There is no responsibility in anxiety. It just makes you feel I'm doing something, worrying about, you have not done anything about it. In fact, if possible, Jesus says, which of you by worrying? <laughs> there is, worry has never been productive in any generation. In any generation. All right, so thank you for bringing this question. Let's draw that line with respect to things that hinder us on our journey of intimacy, all right, those are the things that we can love him and secure victory over. But there's going to be the journey of invitation to come and to go deeper. Those are the things we've been invited to search out. I hope that helps. Okay, I'm just waiting for feedback. Everybody, anybody, does that help? Anybody? Yes, no, yes sir. What was the reaction in the, in the chat? Oh, okay. The oh, interesting. The record button is over the emoji part, so I didn't see the emoji early enough. All right. Any other questions? Please, if I've missed any question, just feel free to repost. Or if there is something you are currently processing, uh, there's a question. So, uh, Chiamaka's question. It says, uh, "So if you do." I guess, struggle with addictions or things you love more than God, what can you do about it? You run to God. The, the nature of the addiction is going to um, allow us to zoom in into more practical steps to take. But run to him. You know, it's amazing that 
the default is to run away from him. And the devil now begins to bring scriptures that God is too holy to behold iniquity. <laughs> that you in this, no, not even today. Don't, don't come, don't pray like one week, don't pray. Ah, you did it again. One week, two weeks, don't even pray. You know, and the only person that wins when you don't pray is the devil. Go to your daddy. Go to your daddy. Like, guys, we don't know how much help is available for us by the Spirit. We don't know. That old hymn says that, Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to him in prayer. And there are some, there are some strongholds that the moment, the moment you get a brother, a sister involved, there are some battles that you win them corporately. You know, like someone said, scripture says, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, not I wrestle. There are some battles that if you fight them alone, chances are that the enemy has sized you up. But if it is we wrestle, you have, and that's why being planted in families where you have trusted brothers, trusted sisters that can agree with you. Another thing guilt and shame does it, it does not allow us to call it by name. You say, I, I have this, I, I'm struggling with something. You're not struggling with something. Call it a name. Everything that is named will bow to the name of Jesus. But if its name is something, something will be like, where does something bow? It's not something that will bow. If, if I'm struggling with nicotine, nobody will believe it if I come out and say it. But I've struggled with it. Where are my brothers? Where are my sisters? Can we take on this thing together and secure this victory together? Oh, we'll be praying for you. I'm struggling with porn. Porn, that is the name of it. That's the thing that wants to kill me. I'm struggling with it. I've, I've eaten it for so long, but now that I've brought it to the open, my brothers and my sisters, now, if you now have brothers and sisters that are not discreet, then what or where you thought was a safe space is now the whole world. You know, I heard a joke about three pastors who were together and they were just trying to have like a vulnerable moment. And um, the first pastor just said, oh, guys, I, I see you guys as my brothers and I just want to let you guys know what I'm struggling with so that I can pray. pray. And then the first person said, I, I, I struggle with greed, greed. You know, when I see the offerings and the tithes, I know it's God's money, but I, it's like something compulsive. I just struggle you know, and um, and please pray, you know, that God will help me. Oh, the others, oh, we'll pray, we'll pray. And the second person said, ah, I, I struggle with sexual sins. I'm just trying to focus everything in, in, in skirts. You know, it just blows my mind off. It's, 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 for lack of a better word, it's perversion. And I can't say it outside. I'm supposed to be the anointed man of God. You know, these, my brothers, will you pray for me? Pray for me. They said they'll pray for him. Now, the last person who was in this safe space said, the only problem I have is that anything I hear, I must say it publicly. You know, so guys, will you pray for me? <laughs> and the moment the other guys said, that's a true test. Or do you believe your prayers will be answered? Because if it's not answered, your gist is the, is the, is the latest gist out there. All right, so please call it by name. If you've tried to fight alone, try the biblical principle of re-wrestle. There are materials out there. There are trusted counselors out there. Don't fight your battles alone. 
Don't fight your, don't carry your weight alone. The devil loves it. That's why God has planted us in families so that it is weak. Like, do you have friends that can go on a fast with you that this thing must break? That will leave, your, leave their food for you. That's a real family. So please, what I will say is there is practical shedding abroad of his love in our hearts where God will now begin to show you. If you love me, you will have a revelation of my presence. If you have a revelation of my presence, like I think it was in Montreal I was saying it, that there are certain things you won't do if you had CCTV in your room. How come you believe CCTV more than scriptures that says, lo, I am with you? Where the psalmist says, where shall I hide from your presence? If I go top of the heavens, you are there. If I go down into Sheol, you are there. Where shall I hide? That means God is more present than CCTV. So if I feel somehow I can't do this because there are cameras in this room, but now there are no cameras and nobody is here, that means you actually believe that God is not here. So the love of God begins to give you a revelation of his presence. He's here. He's literally beside you. He's right there on your phone with you. Are we really going to do this? Or will you ask me to help you and trust that you have the victory permanently, not for a season? So I hope that helps. I hope that helps with the follow-up question. Accountability is a, is a support system, not the solution. Accountability, and that's the difference between systems of the world and, and, and the systems of our kingdom. Accountability is like, oh, um, hello, my name is this, and I'm, how do they introduce themselves as alcoholic anonymous? So we just talk about our struggles, you know, and we talk about our struggles. I did it again today, I did it again tomorrow. You know, it sounds nice, but that alone is not the solution. It's an excellent support system, don't get me wrong, but in this kingdom, we don't just do empathy. There's solutions by the spirit. Oh, I hear you. Oh, I feel you. There's nobody that came to Jesus and said, oh, can I receive my sight? And Jesus says, oh, I, I, I feel you. You've not seen. Oh, no. And imagine the pain you've been through. You know? Yeah, after imagining the pain I've been through, then there'll be the receiving of sight. If you are lame, oh, you've not walked. It's affected your economics. It's affected your mental health. It's affected your friends. And yeah, like we get it, but our world today wants empathy without solutions. They didn't, they didn't even hear me. They, didn't, they, they were not. Please hear me, Christians. We can also be solutions people and still show empathy. All right. And I think that's the balance for a lot of believers. So accountability is an excellent support, but it, God's spirit promises us solutions. Solutions. All right, I know I have till 2.50. That is two more minutes for questions. I'm seeing a question here. I have a question. How can you forgive yourself for consistently falling short of God's glory and not being disciplined and obedient? I struggle with forgiving myself. Yeah. Um, God has forgiven you. God has forgiven you. God has forgiven you. You are going to need to say it to yourself. You are going to need to find the scriptures. See, God's word is not quotable quotes. I want everybody to remember. Was it not, who read Jeremiah? Was it Osas or who read Jeremiah 112 for us? Was it Gwizi? Igwizi. Yeah, Jeremiah 112. God says, my word, my word, I will perform it. Please, 
in your journey towards victory. Don't just do affirmations and positive confessions. Use God's word. God's word is powerful. So I have found it in God's word. That as far as the heavens are from the earth, so are my sins. He has taken it away from me. You go and look for scriptures. And please, this one, I will volunteer my time. Book a one-on-one -on -one with PD session. What is the topic? We will work together at least three, four, five scriptures. There's power in the word. It's not just affirmations. I affirm that I'm a strong person. I, I affirm that the, the, if all of your hope is on universe, the universe too has work to do. Universe is a servant. You are, you are the son of the king. You are a daughter of the king. You are, you are, you are. Hmm, let me calm down. So God's word is powerful. Your declarations and your confessions must be based on God's word. So you will say it enough to yourself until you begin to believe it. God has forgiven you. God has forgiven you. Then you will now find the strength to actually forgive yourself. It's amazing. The devil will give us skin and tell us, flog yourself. You did that. It's all of everyone's investment. Didn't you hear what PD said about jealousy? You are one of the people that everyone is jealous over, and you just went just like that. All the nations con con connected to you, all the destinies, you just flunked it. That is, that's not the voice of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit brings conviction, not condemnation. The moment is giving vibes of condemnation. That is not the precious, sweet Holy Spirit I know. The Holy Spirit will be guarding you towards restoration. The, 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 the lying spirits are guarding you towards self, self I think it's called self-flagellation, where you flog, I'm, I'm, I'm worthless, I'm, oh God, I'm a worm, I'm, I'm, I'm dead, kill me now, God, kill me, I kill me. God is not interested in killing you. He created you and sent you here for a purpose. He needs you around. He will forgive you, clean you up. He's cleaned many people up. A lot of people are not just sharing their stories because of the crazy world we live in. He's cleaned people worse than you up and he's doing great things through them. And it's not like management, solid victories. Just the way your victory also will be another testimony of a solid victory. All right. I hope that helped. I hope that helped for everybody. My time is up in terms of times for questions. If you have any other questions, please send it to the TLN admin. All right. Send it to the TLM admin. Um, there's a there's a comment. My time is up, so we can we can pick up this other conversation about consequences later. There's a comment in the DM about consequences. Um, but my time is up. So thank you so much, everybody, for being here for Limitless Part Two. I can't wait to see the amazing things God is set to do through the Legacy Network. God bless you, and see you guys soon.